not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. We are continuing our ongoing coverage of Gundam Build Fighters. Tonight we're going to be talking about episode 11. This is titled Battle Royale. But before we get started, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be your host tonight, and joining me are two of my co-hosts. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Smike, Thunderwing. Hey, this is Tony. I'm just going to add Amazing as my, like, surname now. Tony Amazing! <laughs> Word. All right, so just getting into the synopsis right away, and we'll make our commentary as we go. When last we left off, we were witnessing all these folks attending the Gunpla Battle World Tournament. So in the opening of the episode, we see Kasaka and Miss Lori Rinko, and they're actually watching the Battle of the World Tournament on TV. And it's on the last match of the first period, and we see from the PPSE, the Alan Adams, who I guess is Majin Kawaguchi's mentor, both those characters are currently on the scene. And, of course, kind of making fun of that trope where the Shar Asnobles of the world are disguising themselves with masks and everybody knows who they really are, Zex Marquis, all that kind of trope. Majin Kawaguchi is actually... He fooled me, you know, in, in the previous episode, so we got to give him that. I'm, I'm a dope for the Clark Kent glasses trick, I guess. But <laughs> everybody else, including China, easily recognizes him as President Yuki. She's just staring at the TV going, hey, I know that dude. That's Yuki. And so Yuki is there in, I believe, what is one of Tony's favorite mobile suits, the Camphor Amazing. And, of course, in my favorite is the, the badass... Desperado music, you know, it's the Majin Kawaguchi theme that is back in the soundtrack, which is awesome. And basically him and Alan are having this discussion and they're talking about, you know, victory in the upcoming match. And Yuki is declaring basically that for a Majin, victory is the absolute minimum requirement. 
so and, and then it's kind of funny to me because his opponent is some dude in the GM so I'm kind of like dude this guy's toast like it's not like <laughs> this guy has any chance of beating him and sure enough the, the guy in the GM gets stabbed in the head with a fucking beam saber straight away from the camp for amazing and then he takes out this other mobile suit called the Jinx that's from Double O, and he ends up being the victor of that particular match. And what's funny is even Alan Adams is dropping some English words on us, you know, in the middle of this Japanese spoken piece, this anime. Because he's like, he's, he, he's like, you know, he said some bit of Japanese, and then he's like, perfect! You know, so it's like, I guess that that's Japanese for flawless victory or whatever. And then we cut over to uh, everyone's favorite character, Niels Nilsson. And then they're basically kind of cutting through all, all the different upcoming, I guess, you know, maybe final round fighters to kind of give us some some insight into their perspectives and, and how they react to that match. So besides Niels Nilsson who's checking out the match, there's the Thai fighter and the Renato brothers who are reacting to the match as well. And then Reiji and Sai are also, of course, watching the match. And Sai is describing him as having monster-like strength. So they're obviously all impressed by his skill and the way he totally pones this poor GM and, and the Jinx. And before Ricardo Fellini can even discuss the match with Sai and Reiji, they're already off and running. They're, they're headed towards the Majin. They, they want to know for sure. Like, who who are you, you know, for 100% sure, even though China's pretty much already, you know, solved the mystery and everything. So they're leaving Ricardo Fellini and their buddy Mao behind, and they're off running down the hall. And, of course, Mr. Rawl is already way ahead of the game. He's like, oh, this is President Yuki, and he's inherited the Kawaguchi name for the first time. And basically, he, he kind of has this moment where he's kind of thinking like, oh, well, this was destiny, you know, Sai and Reiji are destined to battle the Majin in Gunpla Battle, because, as we all know, Gunpla Battle is serious business. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, definitely serious business. You know, it's funny because Sai attempts to confront what everybody already knows. He's, he's like, who are you? We, we think you're President Yuki, you know? And, and, and they're basically like, tell us, you know? And what's kind of funny is he, he basically turns around and he's declaring he's not the same man. And then, and then Reiji's kind of like, I don't believe you, or whatever. And then he takes off his shades, and, and it's like they have the little sweat drops, because it's supposed to be like this awesome moment where he's like, I am not him, and then he turns around, and it's supposed to be all epic and shit, but, you know, they may as well do like an anime flop, because they're, you know, it's kind of clear, like, dude, this, it's you, you know, it'd be like, you know. Yeah, they, so. and even even like their voices, they're like, it is totally fucking him, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Sai, so. Sai has that like awkward expression on his face. If you're really Shar, tell everyone the truth. So, back at the Gunpla Hostel, Sai and Reiji are talking about how that was definitely Yuki, and they're wondering why he's at the tournament because he, you know, forfeited in that other match and everything. And then, of course, you know, Reiji, being a dirty foreigner like the rest of us here on the podcast, asks Sai, what the fuck is a Majin? And what the fuck is a Kawaguchi? <laughs> like, he, he wants to know, like like the rest of us. And, and, and you think Sai is about to, you know, you deliver the backstory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and Sai is about to go into the explanation, but what's funny is they kind of transition us into some of the other fighters. So we see Niels Nielsen doing, I guess, his due diligence on researching his upcoming opponents. And so he basically, we learn from him 
that you know the the title of Majin has some history going back to the first Gunpla Boom, which was about fifty odd years ago, and apparently the first generation Kawaguchi was so praised as a model builder. It was like he was the Leonardo da Vinci of fucking model builders, I guess. And they were basically tantamount to saying that his model building skill was like being touched by the hand of God. So thus the term Majin was applied to the Kawaguchi family because out of, you know, respect and honor for his, his model building skills. Yeah, it's like usually like a title for like, you know, artists or like musicians or like singers or something like that. And like, you know, they're like, you build models so good, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, you know, so they kind of go into that explanation, and, and so, so we now have sort of a better understanding of his title and, and how that applies to his family name and everything. You know, in addition to that, you know, Yuki himself, or, or Majin Kawaguchi, as we're uh, calling him now, it, you know, is, is definitely a brilliant fighter. And then in addition to that, you've got the, the PPSE team there with all their technical know-how. So you've got that guy, Alan Adams, and, and basically it's a combination of a, a really, really skilled fighter with some really, really cutting-edge technology and and mobile suit building equipment, basically. And, and then, uh, you know, the the next thing, you know, that that comes up in the discussion between Alan and 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 Yuki is that you know tomorrow's event is going to be this battle royale, kind kind of like Avengers Arena, where it's going to be witnessed by the CEO of their company, so he wants the Majin to put on a really good show, and it's kind of, there's there's kind of an interesting moment, I was going to ask you guys about this, like, what do you think about the moment where he finally, like, you know, kind of takes it easy, because everybody's out of the room, and there's no eyes on him, and he's basically just like, man, he, he takes off his jacket and his glasses, and he's just, it's like, you're you're chilling out in your hotel room after doing a bunch of hard work at a job or whatever, and he's basically saying, man, it's tiring to act like a magen all the time. Uh, I was just curious what you guys thought about that. I, I think for me, like, I'm, I'm getting this definite sense from his character, even though he, he's redebuted, I guess you would say. Like, he, he is taking this title and then, like, you know, his new status just so he can be, like, reinventing himself. Because I think to him, he thinks, like, you know, you know, Yuki is not good enough to fight against, you know, like, you know, Say and, like, Reiji. And, like, you know, he's like, but, you know, Majin, you know, Kamagata, you know, it's like, he could do this, and I shall be the Majin. And I think he takes it as a role, and, like, it's like, uh, th- this is going to sound stupid, but, like, I-, I watch a lot of wrestling, as people well know. And a lot of wrestlers do that when they want to be taken more seriously as, like, you know, wrestlers in the show, if they're kind of, like, decent wrestlers, they will sometimes reinvent themselves with a more harder edge character to, like, seem more badass and stuff. And I, and I kind of think that's what it is. He's, like, giving himself a persona. Like, kind of kind of like, you know, Char and, you know, like, all those guys, you know, like, trying to... Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it definitely brings a level of focus to to his his goals, you know? Like, he, he's talking about how his main determination is to, you know, fight with Sai and Reiji. So if, if that, you know, taking over the role of the Majin, you know, brings that to fruition, then, you know, I guess that's that's exactly what he wants. Yeah, I think, what, what, I think in his mind he didn't think Yuki was good enough. He has to be the Majin. What about you, Mike? Do you have any other insights or takes on, you know, the, the new information we've been exposed to in, in regards to Yuki at this point? 
Yeah, I just kind of think, like, you know, he sees this as his, like, responsibility now. Kind of, I guess, like, his, desti- his destiny, like Mr. Rawls said, pretty much so. He's just kind of, like, he says it's tiring, but, like, he's, he's probably like, you know, if this is the way I gotta be, then this is the way I'm gonna be. Cool, yeah, and, and even, even Kosaka and Sai are, are talking about Yuki over the phone and everything, and it looks like Sai is definitely looking forward to having a rematch with, with him, you know, after the last fight they had, which was just balls-to-the-wall brutal, and he's definitely just, I, you know, I think Sai, he's looking to test his mettle, you know, he, he wants to see how his, his mobile suits are going to hold up in a fight and all that kind of stuff. And then, interestingly enough, as we're dealing with the, I guess, young lovers, you know, Kasaka and Sai, we also move on to see Reiji and Isla, and they have another chance encounter, which is kind of funny, because Isla is hiding from her handlers, and Reiji basically is making all this noise, and she's like, oh, shut up, shut up, they're going to find me, and she's hiding behind these bushes and everything, and then basically in their last encounter, Reiji and Isla kind of had this fight over their bucket list of food to try at this, this new town and everything, and she seemed to be beating him to the punch to all these places to get all this cool food. So I guess as a payback, you know, Reiji kind of sneaks in and he, he's sniffing and he smells the food that's really good. But I think she's embarrassed because she doesn't realize he's sniffing the food, you know, like she kind of thinks maybe it's something else that he's sniffing. And so she gets all <laughs> blushy and everything, you know, and and then and then she realizes it's the food and he eats eats this meat pastry, basically this this kind of pork bun type dish. And he's like, oh, this is really good. And he kind of looks at it as payback for her beating him to the punch at that last encounter. Uh, but it's interesting because he, he kind of overpays her for the privilege of eating this pork bun. She's kind of like, this is like four times what this is worth. And he kind of snuck it in her hand and everything when she wasn't looking and stuff like that. So he's he's into taking the food, but he, he's not really stealing it. So he's, he's kind of cool that way. I mean, he's a total you know, dick, just kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, 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 you know, if you were if you were to say anything, it, it's like okay, well, their their first meeting, if it was like a crazy wild first date, this is like a, a sort of second date without it being a date, you know. But they're 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 definitely moving that relationship yeah. forward. Oh, yeah, there's there's yeah. romantic tension, definitely. Yeah. And of course, then we we cut to the next day where the second period of the world tournament begins, which is the aforementioned battle royale, Avengers Arena style. And I guess the way this battle royale works is there are ninety mobile suit fighters within this arena, and the goal is that they they're just going to keep having them go at each other until it's whittled down to thirty of the fighters. So. It's just, you know, they want to get it down to one-third of the fighters left. And we're basically following our lead characters, Sai and Reiji, and they take off in the star build strike. And, you know, their buddy Mao is there in the, the Gundam X, and he's suggesting, you know, strength in numbers. So he's like, come on, we should, like, team up and stuff. And, you know, Sai and Reiji agree. And then they're attacked by, let's see if I can get this right, it is a, a Victory Gundam mobile suit. It's called the Ab Ig Orb Bini. I guess that's how they pronounce it. And basically, like, I, I don't know, I think you mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but I'm not sure. But basically, this is kind of like a purple mobile suit. It's kind of like a homage to the title mech from Aura Battler Dunbine. And that's piloted by the, the Thailand champ. It's uh, Luang Dalara. So, you know, that's... 
basically, uh, you know, they're basically being attacked by some of these, I guess, what, what would you call them? Like second tier, you know, mobile suit contestants that are probably going to make it to some of the final rounds and stuff like that. And so the star build strike and the Gundam X are fighting, uh, you know, with the Abigorbani. And Delara basically finds the weak point very quickly of the Star Build Strike's Absorb Shield because, you know, the last time the Absorb Shield was used, it's, it's kind of like basically like the, the, the BET or something of, uh, <laughs> of Gundams, you know, they, the, like from G.I. Joe where, where, you know, if you, if you shoot beam weapons at it, it will absorb that energy and then sort of redirect it and everything. But, what what he does is he ends up shooting his beam weapon and and kind of occupies the absorb shield while he fires a slew of missiles at them as well. So basically he he basically figures out the way to get past the absorb shield is a level of multi layered attacks on the star build strike. But we're, it we're works. also cutting. <laughs> yeah yeah it totally works it totally works and and we're of course cutting around to all these different mech fights during this battle royale. So I, I mean I imagine and and maybe Mike go into some detail on this, but I imagine you were happy to see the, the dynamies, you know, like sniping motherfuckers left and right in the middle of the battle royale. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, I yeah. I know one of the, I think the head writer for this show, like, was also one of the head writers on Double O, so, like, he, he okay. seems to put a lot of Double O suits, like, in, like, some, at least, like, front and center in a lot of, like, group shots and whatever, so... Then I'll just have to shoot them down. Yeah, so that I, I the, the the minute I saw that I, I completely thought of you. And along those lines, Tony's favorite mobile suit, the camphor, or you know, the Majin suit, the you know, the camphor amazing totally pones the black tristar. Yeah, so now yeah, we're, I hope everybody got that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're we're totally like we're we're in that sort of level of escalation where it's not I, I guess they're displaying how good these fighters are, uh, not only that they can fight one-on-one with really skilled fighters, but these fighters that are going into the top echelon, the top tier, they can take on three or four mobile suits at the same time. So, you know, and, and, and you know, we're cutting to Isla, who we were talking about before, crazy new type girl, and basically she's poning like four or five mechs all on her own. Didn't actually kill the heavy arms, though. She Not yet, that we saw on camera. Right, right. <laughs> but, but I mean, but she, she certainly, she certainly oh, yeah. she, she did kill them. poning all of them, yeah. you know. So, and then, of course, I, I've got this in my notes, which is Niels, what a dick, Nielsen. Decides <laughs> I don't he's have gonna, to fight. He, he, he's just going to sit back and let everybody else fuck their shit up while he just kind of hides out. But I guess his rationalization is he's like, why should I give away all my my tactics and my skills. He's like, I will just observe all these other people. And while he's in the middle of this internal monologue, you know, of rationalization for why he's hiding out like a little bitch, somebody tries to sneak up on him. So to prove that he's not, you know, he's obviously still badass. You know, the the guy who sneaks up on him is quickly dispatched. And he's like, I must not, you know, lose my guard. I, I must be cautious, even if I, this is my plan to sort of hide out and let everybody else you know, take down all these other mobile suits and everything. I, I will say one thing about Niels, though, just to take an internet meme real quick. Cool, cool Gundam, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good for hiding like a yellow-bellied coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what a dick, dude. He's like, I'm not going to fight. 
I'm just going to hang back and let all you other assholes kill each other. Maybe I'll twist uh, another you know. dreadlock. That'll be awesome. I, I, I understand the logic in it, but along the lines of me not liking the character and thinking he's a jerk face, like, I'm just going to keep... Stay on that target. Stabbing in and twisting the knife as as we we continue on with our coverage of this, and then and then we've got Mike's favorite character. I, say, Ricardo, I love this. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo Fellini taking out multiple multiple mobile suits and everything. Like he, he's making a great show. He's even trying to show off to my favorite lady, Kirara. You know, he's like, hey, babe, check this out. I'm taking out all these guys and everything. And then, of course, she's like, oh, look above you, look above you. And there's this huge-ass gaw carrier that's piloted by the German guy whose name I probably yeah, will butcher or whatever, but it was like Rainier uh, Zomer who got his toe stubbed, which is fucking awesome. His toe is stubbed because Ricardo Fellini apparently stole his girlfriend at the last year's tournament. So and then and then the best part is not only not only him apparently it's like the Superman Revenge Squad but <laughs> the Ricardo Fellini Revenge Squad because out of the gaw are six fucking mobile suits full of crybabies who are like <laughs> you have stolen our girlfriends as well and they they have like this this Tomino six cut where it's like the Brady Bunch of all six of them and they all have fucking tears streaming down their <laughs> eyes like it was probably the funniest fucking shit i watched like all <laughs> i was, was kind of like, like man he's gonna deal with some like scott pilgrim shit here or <laughs> yeah 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 they're, they're, that's totally apt but yeah yeah so, so... It all the time on a bike <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker's got a motorcycle <laughs> I, I, so, so I, I, I also yeah. like uh, just i i also love how uh like when the guy keeps crying about his girlfriend and like fellini's just like well she came to me like dude like <laughs> yeah. Don't cry to me. Like, <laughs> like he's like, you liar. <laughs> I have a liar. open policy. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, my policy is to turn like no one away. Like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, the, I will say one thing though: the the, uh, the Fellini vagina revenge squad is is made of some pretty cool suits, though. Yeah, yeah, there are lots of cool suits in there. I mean, you know, lucky for him, the star build strike is is on his side and everything, and he 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 takes out a couple of those suits, and then I think Fellini gets like another suit, and the explanation there is, you know, Fellini's kind of like, well, you you could let them, you could let them take me down, you know, and then I wouldn't be a competitor, but you know, Ragey is kind of like, but I want the chance to fight you in the tournament later, one on one, you know, and it's kind of like this. You know, kind of like with Mao and, and those guys, you know, that you, you can tell, like, whose allegiances lie where. And it's not that they're not going to face off against them in, in later rounds, but they, they, they want to do it, you know, a little more honorably than it, just gang-piling up on some guy. If you know? I may make a mention, it's kind of like G-Fighter. I'm just saying, you know, these guys. Yeah, yeah it is, it is. Yeah. They're friends, but they still want to fight each other. Yeah. You were enemies until yesterday. Do you all seriously think you can defeat me? Don't be so confident. What? Listen carefully, Ulube. It's true we may come from different nations, but once we are out of the battle ring, we become friends who communicate through our fists. And these fists gather as one. Their loud roar tells us to defeat you. Yes, allow us to demonstrate. When we link up, this is our power. Yeah, yeah. They 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 still want to test their metal, but but they're 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 also there there's a level of loyalty there to, you know, take out the crybaby 
you know, Fellini Revenge Squad as well, everything. <laughs> this was kind of odd. I wasn't expecting this. You know, they, they had mentioned earlier, Alan Adams, you know, saying, you, you got to put on a, bit, a good show, you know, Majin Kawaguchi, because the CEO, Mr. Mashida of the PPSE, is coming in, and he's going to be checking out this battle. And so they, they cut to him, and, you know, he, he looks like he's kind of enjoying the battle and everything. He's checking out. He's like, what's going on here? Oh, this is very interesting and everything. And then all of a sudden, when the star build strike comes into the rescue and everything and is helping out Fellini, he sees Reiji. And he turns white as a sheet. And then, you know, he doesn't pee his pants, but he drops his red wine, like, all over his fucking crotch. And then he makes a statement basically like, why is he in this yeah. world? Yeah, you know? that, that boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and he's totally freaked out by it. So so I guess adding to the layer of, you know, Fight Club Wolverine mystery that's going on with Sai and Reiji and, and where Reiji exactly comes from, I guess we're, we're given a little bit more of a clue. You know, it's not very much, but, you know, obviously it's got this guy, you know, sort of, you know, dropping wine all over his crotch and, and turning white as a sheet. So it, I, I'm hoping that there is a, you know, a, an explanation of why he garners this reaction from the CEO. But but it's definitely it's definitely intrigued my interest. And and seeing as how I'm just watching these one by one, you know, some of you guys might know more than I do at this point. But I, I don't have any preconceived notions or spoilers, so I don't know I don't know how that plays out. But I, I have to say that it definitely piqued my interest. I, I don't know if you guys have any, you know, non-spoilery thoughts to, to share about that. I, I will say, like, in the next episode, this isn't a spoiler because it doesn't explain anything, but it does make you kind of wonder if Reiji was actually bullshitting about his little backstory. But you mm. don't know. It's very vague. I will say that. What about you, Yeah, Mike? they kind of, like, drop it in incre- very tiny increments, like, as far as, like, what, where Reiji is actually from, and, you know, and and how this guy knows him and stuff, and, yeah, you know, it, it's kind of fun to, like, guess, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a cool way to sort of string you along, but keep you, keep you entertained in interest, you know? Yeah, yeah. Who does, but, who does uh, that, that, that a mystery? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, like, because this is kind of this is kind of where the episode ends, sort of before the after credit sequence, which went on for a long time. I thought this time, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but right? But but I was like, it was one of those things where when I got to this scene, I was kind of like holy shit, they're in the middle of the battle, and then they drop this bomb on you, like, who is this kid? Where does he come from? And I was almost, like, about to, like, email you guys and go, can, can we do both episodes? Because I kind of want to watch the next episode. You know, because I was, like, that <laughs> that kind of into it. And then what was funny was the after credits kind of took care of things, because it was, like, it was weird. Like, I was so hyped up to watch the next episode, and I thought, oh, there's going to, I know there's going to be, like, a minute or something of after credits, but I'm sure it won't be. And it, for some reason, it felt longer to me, or they got a lot done within that minute, because it's, like, in the after credits, it's, like, the gauze basically headed on a suicide run, headed to Fellini, and Fellini's all tied up by this other mobile suit. And then, basically... The, you know, he, he pulls out his buster, or his buster, his buster <laughs> rifle, you know, and he's like, all right, I got to fight the fire the buster rifle. And, you know, if you've watched Gundam Wing, you, you would know that the buster rifle is pretty much the two-sex machina of the show. Like, it, it should be able to blow away anything. But, of course, in this, you know, OG rules, because 
the gaw is clearly greater than the buster rifle because the buster rifle doesn't do very much at all. I don't, to I don't think it damages. Slow down. I don't think it damages yeah, at all. Yeah. It just bounces off. Yeah. It, it just sort of bounces off it, and and the gaw is still headed on a suicide run. But then out of nowhere, I I really really thought it was going to be Majin Kawaguchi who took out the gaw. But it ends up being Mao with his Gundam X, and there's this lone shot. You don't see who 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 fired it at first, but he blows away the gaw. So it's interesting, like in the terms of ranking, wh- wh- how they view it. You know, it's like it's like clearly the OG Gundam is greater. At least the gaw is greater than the Buster rifle, but the gaw is not greater than the, than the Gundam X. Yeah. yeah, than the satellite cannon. The satellite cannon trumps that the kind of construction of the the gaw, you know, and then and then all of a sudden the ground is shaking and some serious, serious gunpla business is going on. And this huge ass, like super Godzilla sized Zaku appears out of nowhere. And that's kind of where it ends. And and at that point, I, I don't want to be like a downer, but it was like I was I was super excited to watch the next episode when it ended on the ragey stuff where it's like, who are you? Where do you come from? And now that it's a super Zaku, I'm still I'm still excited. I still want to watch the next episode. But I, I was more worried about what was going to happen to Ricardo Fellini and, and that crew. And since they sort of, I guess, diffused my excitement by revealing, you know, what what the outcome was with some of that in the after credits i i'm not i wasn't as i i basically wasn't like oh that's okay i don't have to email everybody i don't have to be like let's do both episodes i was like no no, no i can i can wait until we next record you know I, I i don't need to watch it that bad you know what i mean but but had it ended on that wine splashing shot of like you know, <laughs> what you know then i would have been like oh i kind of want to know what happens next but yeah that that pretty much wraps up the synopsis and everything is there any more thoughts on on you know how ricardo fellini performed from mike or any other kind of thoughts on the episode in particular? I do like his, like, cycle, or, like, his wing cycle, or whatever it is, yeah. You know, I, I, I did like, I also did, like, the League of, like, ex-boyfriends or whatever attacking him. And, like, yeah, yeah. They call, I, I, and like Tony said, there were a lot of cool, like, variants. Like, like I liked that Epion that was, like, more dragon-styled and yeah, colored was, green. Yeah, 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 that was green. Cool. I, I, it took me the longest time to figure out that Epion's, like, jet mode was supposed to be, like, a two-headed dragon. And, like, they finally, like, made it explicit, like... By making like his feet like dragon heads, like in that. So like I was. I, like, I think it helped it that it was green too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like yeah, that, okay. that's, that was kind of cool. I also liked the two, the Frost Brothers suit. Like when one of them goes down, like the other one's like Nissan, like brother, and he goes down. <laughs> like that was funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And yeah, um, like like you said, I liked when the, it's like the shot, the Brady Bunch shot of all them like crying at once and like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like yeah. revenge on you, now. like Ricardo Fellini. Yeah, that was good stuff. Oh, by the way, just just some knowledge that I happen to freaking know because I used to wear read Toy Fair, the toy magazine back in the nineties. Actually, the big ass fucking Zaku at the end was a real model in Japan. Yeah, it's like a oh yeah, okay. like a it's super super exclusive. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay. a higher, uh, higher grade, bigger size, yeah, something. Zaku. So, so is that supposed to be like a, a one of those like perfect level like five hundred dollars? Yeah, it's like it's like, like as that? big as a small child. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's yeah. funny because like when when I first saw this episode, I was kind of like like man, what are the restrictions like in terms of Gumpla battle? Like, can you build any size model you want and like <laughs> enter it? Like, can can well, but someone well, get that? Because like, because the German guy has his own mobile suit, but he also has the gaw. So I'm like, well, how fair is that? Yeah. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I like know, I, well, I was I mean, kind of like. Could you could you like get that giant like RX seventy eight statue from Japan and enter <laughs> that or whatever like be like this is my gumpla you know oh, the, the, the freaking like stories tall like statue yeah. yeah I was like you know it towers over all you know you just <laughs> crush I, I, did, <laughs> I, I did think it was cool in this episode it, it seemed to be a much more you know. Well, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know, free-roaming Grand Theft Auto gunpla battle. It seemed like, you know, a lot of the earlier matches we've seen, they've been at a certain location, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's space. been in space, yeah. it's been in a city, it's been in this, it's been in that. But in this, you know, they, they start out in space, and they go through the re-entry, and they're, they're you know, in a city, and they're they're in the desert, yeah, and yeah. they're, you know, basically oh, it's oh, like... and, and dickhead sitting in the forest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You know, Neil's dick face. Nielsen is is just chilling in the forest, waiting for everybody else to take each other out. Yeah, so it's like uh, that. That I found interesting that the the arena was was uh, a much larger, you know, area, and 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 you know that that it could go to all these different, you know, environments. Basically, I will say one thing. I did think it was kind of funny. I don't understand this. Like the the camp for amazing fight at the beginning, where he, like he takes all those guys. You're going into a Gundam competition where you have to build the best model that has like the most cool powers. Okay, if you get like the Epion, that's a cool Gundam. Heavy arms, that's a cool Gundam. Strike Gundam, you know, build strike whatever, you know, all these super powered ones. And like, there's this guy who's like, I think GM will be really good. <laughs> I want to find that one guy who's like, dude, I am the best ball fighter there is. <laughs> right. I got this gun. Well, hey, uh, if if you remember, like Ragey kicked a bunch of people's asses in a ball, like a few that episodes before. That so is true. I guess yeah, it, yeah. it's not just down to the quality or the make of the model. Like it's how good. Yeah, you it's can also use it's it. also how you how you do the serious business of gunpla battle, Tony. Yeah, this, I, I guess I didn't put enough plastic in my shield. I'm sorry. Well, well, I mean, like <laughs> I, again, like I'm kind of like, man, like, well, how does like you know, I'm like the science of plasky particles. Like it doesn't like <laughs> I'm like, how does the science of plasky particles work? Because like you know, it, it's kind of like like how how far do these abilities stretch? Because like. You could have like some kid who like uses a unicorn Gundam and then be like, okay, well I activate you know Psycho Field and like we go back in time and I didn't lose, you lost, and you're like, what? Wait, what? Like you know, <laughs> what powers can these Gundams like use or whatever? But... Yeah, because Reiji's little girlfriend, what's her name? Uh, I China. Love, I love. China. Oh, Reiji. Reiji. Talking about Reiji. Yeah. I love Gianna. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, there's that one point where, like I said, she's just taking everybody, and it's just like her friggin', you know, bits or fin funnels. You know, she just like, I'm just yeah. She just, she just wipes them all out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what, what, how the plasky, the plant, the science of plasky Plasky. particles makes no sense. Yeah, I I don't think I, I. I don't think I've been focusing on the science of it. I know, I know in that one instance where they sort of delved into it a little bit with Niels Nilsson, I was kind of interested in if we were going to find out any more about it, but I, I imagine, you know, some stuff you just left to, you know, Hey, this is, 
This is fantastical. Just roll with yeah. it, you know. Science. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's like yeah. how good you you know how to manipulate the particles or whatever to produce certain effects, or you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I remember being disappointed when I watched this episode that, like, I was kind of like, oh, it's a giant Zaku, like, okay. But I was kind of hoping it was going to be, like, a big Zam or something, like, you know, yeah, some kind I, of I mobile Yeah, I guess there arm. is that moment of when you don't know what yeah, it is. And you're like, yeah, maybe if it was a big Zom. I was wondering if it was a callback to the episode. We, you know, you're talking about the big Zom, the callback to the episode with the the gangster-type guy. You know, oh, that yeah, was trying to the take- Opsilus. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was wondering if it was a callback to that, uh, or, or you know, even Psycho in Gundam, terms of something. yeah, Psycho Gundam or Dark Gundam, you know, things like that. You know, you start going through your head of oh, what are the big massive Gundams out there, you know? But and and I I was kind of dumbstruck when I was like, oh, it's it's a giant Zaku, you know, like okay. Yeah, well, like you know, I, th- but, I think that was but, directly like. Definitely, uh, definitely a nod to like, hey, bottle hey, builders, remember this guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because I had no clue that that was what that was a reference to. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will say. I, I what you were talking about earlier, Derek, with like you know, and we were mentioning like these guys kind of being friends and stuff. Like, it is kind of cool how Mao was like, you know, Mister Ragey. <laughs> You know, it's like he, he's very worried about them. He wants them to go further so he can fight them. And, like, I'm actually kind of getting to like Mal. I mean, I don't know if I'm on the same level as how much Mike likes Fellini, but I, I kind of dig Mal. He's very, he's very, I hate to say this because it's such a stupid word, but so they, he's spunky. He's a firebrand, you know. He's spunky. <laughs> well, you know, he's, I think with all those characters, you know, they're they're friends with the lead characters that we're following, and and thus by association, you know, you you kind of learn to love their friends as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Eventually, yeah. I was gonna say, eventually it kind of becomes like a Goku thing, where like you know, you beat me, okay, we're friends now, like you know, or, <laughs> or you know, we fought each other, okay, we're friends, like. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Whatever, you know. Kick my ass, we're friends now. We're, we're good. I actually, though, I will disagree, Derek. Like, I, I guess because I did know that the Zaku was, like, that big-ass fucking model. It's like, I thought it was a good cliffhanger. I mean, I agree the Ragey thing is definitely more of, like, you know, a mic-dropping moment where you're like, what the fuck? But I, I thought it was a good I thought it was a good cliffhanger, though. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah. But uh, you will, yeah, you'll you'll see a little bit more of the ragey thing next episode. Not too much. There's nothing to spoil. But they they like Mike said, it's definitely done. It's a slow drip. Yeah. 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 They're not just like ragey. Oh, you know, ragey is friend of children. He is Gamera. You know, <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> ragey is the tea spear sent back in time by the Unicorn Gundam. Yeah. That would actually after it, tra- an awful after, lot after it to traveled me. to the Elves planet from Double O. <laughs> if I knew the T-Spear was just a red-headed kid who liked eating pork buns, like, that would actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> but hey, if nothing else, a great episode for just balls-out action. So many fucking fights, gosh. Yeah. yeah, the action is always good on this show. I always enjoy it. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps things up for our coverage of Mobile Suit Mondays tonight. 
We hope you've enjoyed listening to our discussion of the episode. We will strive to continue to bring you more episodes and coverage of various animes involving Mobile Suit Gundam or mangas or what have you. We also want to let you know we've got plenty of other shows. We, of course, have our Fan Holes Proper podcast. So if you like Mobile Suit Mondays, please go ahead and check out the Fan Holes podcast proper. You can also listen to other spinoff shows that we have, such as Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, and Transformers Tuesdays. We appreciate all likes on Facebook. If you can also get in contact with us over Twitter, we are on Stitcher Radio. You can send us emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's pretty much it. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike Thunderwing. This is Tony, and... Oh my god, so powerful! So powerful. Cool. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you guys set? You want to go into the Build Fighters episode yeah, and bang I'm, that out? I'm good, yeah. I think that would be yeah. totally drift. Okay, awesome. So I, I guess that kind of wraps things up for Mobile Suit Mondays. Can you hear the dog barking? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to wait for him to fucking get over it. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll wrap up the episode. <laughs> Apparently, like, the lady stole his girlfriend, too. I know. He's like, row, row, row. Go, Gundam, go. He can, your your dog can pilot one of those, uh, what's it called? I forgot what they were called. Those, like, four-legged things from, like, the things that look like Zoids from Seed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. <laughs> Cool. And dog. <laughs> and dog. Ricardo Fellini, you must defeat my my seven <laughs> deadly exes or whatever. It Dude, is. if I if I if I submitted Snoopy to the gunpla battle, he'd be huge like the, <laughs> the, Zaku. Like the Zaku Gundam the giant too. dog. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's, it's Snoopy. <laughs> Remember how he used to talk like that? No, that was Woodstock. He used to talk like that in the, the cartoons. <laughs> What do you want? What's up? <laughs> <laughs>